Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. How you doing, everyone? I'm Ross Salzberg, and once again, I want you all to listen up here and get a load of this. Spring is in the air. Officially, spring doesn't start until March 20th. But for me, folks, spring is in full swing right now because spring training has arrived for both the Yankees and Mets. And for me, it couldn't come soon enough. So like I said, listen up because you're really going to want to get a load of this. I mean, I don't care, folks, if there was a snowstorm going on right now. And I've always felt that way back when, when I used to go down to spring training year in and year out to cover both the Yankees and Mets. But I am telling you, it could be a snowstorm, a snowstorm now. When spring training starts and you see the sunshine and you see the guys playing ball on the green grass and you're getting all the reports from down in Florida or from wherever, you know, other cases as well, Arizona or wherever it might be, it to me it's just the greatest feeling in the world. It's just the greatest feeling in the world. And, and you know, there's so much to talk about and so much optimism, quite frankly, for both the Yankees and Mets. I mean, I'm pumped up. I mean, you can hear it in my voice. I'm pumped up right now. Mind you, there's another reason I'm pumped up. And I don't want to dwell on it because we've spoken enough about it this past month, certainly the past few weeks. But another reason that I'm so pumped up about spring training, so very excited about it, because now I can concentrate on spring training And I don't have to concentrate on the crap of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I am beyond thrilled about that. And you know what? I wasn't even, I mean, to me, those guys were in my rearview mirror. I wasn't even planning on talking about them this week. But guess what? Guess what? I couldn't help myself. And you know why? Reading and hearing the comments of Kevin Durant being down at the All-Star Weekend, you know, in Utah, I mean, the nerve of the guy. And the reason I'm so happy about baseball, because, again, it puts them in my rearview mirror. But I'm just, just going to say this last thing, and I don't want to dwell on it. The balls. I don't know what else to say. The balls on Kevin Durant to say that, I don't think, you know, demanding trades, asking for trades is bad for the league. I, you know, it's good for business, he says. Good for business? Whose business? Your own business? You and Kyrie's business? It certainly wasn't good business for the Nets. It certainly wasn't good business for the Yes Network. Really? The Nets? They spend a fortune on you. Guys got traded because of you. Two coaches were fired because of you. All kinds of advertisement was geared around you. The Nets, the Yes Network, promos, this, that, about Kyrie and KD. Where did it get them? 
And you've heard me say this the past couple of weeks. Now we move on. It got a new look team and this and that. But the balls, the balls to say it's good for the league. And, and this is why I say Adam Silver has done a lousy job. Yeah, they're all making millions of dollars. So I guess that's all they give a rat's ass about. But with a mentality like that, to believe that, and for ownership to have to listen to crap like that, oh, if, if players think it's good, go tell me an owner that thinks it's good. That I give a guy a multi-million dollar, gazillion dollar contract, and then a year later he wants to get traded, and I'm firing guys and just transforming my team? Give me a break. Give me a break. So with that said, I'm glad they're gone. I am glad they're gone. It's good for the Nets and good for the S Network. Good for the S Network. Because as you know, I, I tell you each week, you know, I also do my video podcast each and every week or get a load of this on the Yes app. And you know what? Listen, I'm thrilled now because now I'm looking forward to Yankee baseball on Yes. I'm going to have a lot to talk about and deal with. So I'm pumped up about that. And I don't have to worry about Kyrie Irving and and Kevin Durant any longer. There's somebody else's problem. Let other reporters talk about them. I could care less. Let them be somebody else's problem. But when you hear comments like that, that it's good for business requesting trades, and, and there's more on Kyrie saying, oh, yeah, I, I planned on being here a long time. Really? You know what? This is the quintessential, the perfect example of a self absorbed selfish athlete not even i want to just athlete a self-absorbed self-absorbed selfish human beings so they're gone goodbye be somebody else's problem now i can concentrate on baseball and that's what i'm gonna do you know first let's talk about the yankees i i mean i'm enthused about a lot of, there are issues with the yankees don't don't kid yourself but I want to get to something, and you people heard me mention this back during the postseason, back even during the last regular season when they were having their problems. You know, you know when their big lead was dwindling down, and you know I was talking about the lack of playing small ball and always worrying about long ball, and you know I I used to make the remarks that in baseball today there are no longer power hitters. They're, you know, the great majority of them are feast or famine hitters. It's either uh, get the big hit or get the strikeout. But they have two young guys, two young guys on, on the roster, Oswald Peraza and Anthony Volpe. Two highly, highly touted prospects. And, you know, Peraza, of course, Got the cup of coffee uh, last season. Uh, both both Peraza and Volpe are shortstops. Okay, and I've said this last year, and I don't think it's a closed issue. I'm not saying they're go- gonna do it, but in my heart, I want it to be a strong possibility. I w- I want Peraza to be the starting shortstop. I do, I do. I mean, but. Volpe's also the great shortstop. 
penciled in as this super high talent. Peraza, though, uh, you know, he's the guy right now, I think. I don't think Kaina Falafa uh, is going to be a starting shortstop. I don't even know if he's going to remain on a team. But, But having said that, what I would like to see, you know, prospects and potential have to be given a chance. Because if they're not given a chance, you know what they remain? They remain prospects and potential. And after a while, something's got to give. I personally, if, if Volpe and Peraza are having really good springs and Volpe is showing that he belongs, go make Volpe, go put him at second base. Now, I know what you're thinking, well, we got a second base, but just hear me out a second. For those of you who might remember the great combination that the Detroit Tigers had, you know, back for many years, uh, starting in the 80s, Alan Trammell at short and Sweet Lou Whitaker at second. Why can't we have that with Peraza and Volpe? And here's what I love about both those guys. Now, Volpe, uh, excuse me, Peraza, you know, was up for a little bit at the end of last season. But in the minors last year, Oswald Peraza had 19 home runs and 33 stolen bases. 19 home runs and 33 stolen bases. Anthony Volpe had 21 home runs and 50 stolen bases. 20 home runs and 50 stolen bases. Now, how would you like to get from your shortstop second base combo in a year that their totals are 40 homers and 83 stolen bases? Would you like that combo? I'd sign up for that right now for my second base shortstop combination. I'd sign up for that right now. And to me, I think... That needs to be looked at. Now, if I'm in the minority, so be it. Then I will stay in the minority. But I firmly believe that's what the Yankees need to take a serious look at. Now, you might be saying to me, well, Russ, what about Gleyber Torres? And I'm going to say to you, yeah, what about Gleyber Torres? I'm not convinced Gleyber Torres is going to make it out of spring training as a Yankee. And it's nothing against Gleyber Torres. But, you know, maybe people don't want to talk about it. Gleyber Torres has to be trade bait right now. Why? Well, let me, let's, let's be rational, especially if you're a Yankees fan. You know the situation with Frankie Montas. He's done. They're talking about maybe late this season, this coming season. To me, he's done. You can't count on Frankie Montas to be back in a rotation. So the Yankees need to do something to fortify that final spot in the rotation. What you going to do? Pull it out of the air? Maybe Gleyber Torres can bring something in return. I mean, it's worth thinking about. I'm not saying dump the guy. I'm not saying dump for a bag of ball or, or, or a bag of bats. But I'm saying if you have youth and the youth on a team is very impressive 
and all points say to outstanding prospects, at some point they got to get a chance. I'm not remotely saying anybody here is a Derek Jeter. But you know what? Derek Jeter had to get a chance. Like every rookie has to get a chance and see what happens. So, I, I mean, to me, the thought, I, I would jump for joy if those two guys were your second base and shortstop combinations. Because I, say, I said it all the time and I will say it again. You're still going to need small ball. Everybody can get excited about the power and Aaron Judge and, 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 and Giancarlo Stanton. And I'll get to that in, in a bit. But when times are tough, and you're having trouble scoring runs, and you're getting pitching, you need to be able to manufacture runs. And the Yankees were not good at that. Now, yeah, DJ LeMayu being out and all that didn't help them either last year. But I want the ability to manufacture runs, and I don't think anything would be more exciting than having guys like Peraza and Volpe electrifying the fans up in the Bronx. Like I said, Volpe had 21 bombs and 50 stolen bases in the minors. I know the minors are not the majors, but you got to be given a chance. Peraza, 19 bombs and 33 stolen bases. Uh, As I said, I'll sign up for 40 homers and 83 stolen bases for my shortstop second base combination right this very minute. And if Gleyber Torres can bring something in return with Frankie Montas, you know, being on the shelf, so be it. You got to go in that direction. And whether they're talking about it or not, you know they got Cashman and company have to be thinking about it. Now, when you're talking about the rotation, and I'm just talking about the Yankees right now. We'll get to the Mets a little bit. A key, a key to me, because we know Montas is down. When Luis Severino came on a scene I fell in love with the guy. I mean, I thought his first two years, I mean, he was 14 and six with 31 starts, and then he was 19 and eight in, in 2018 with 32 starts. That's, you know, pretty damn good. And what I really loved about him, he had the mentality, quite frankly, he had the same mentality as Garrett Cole. He wanted the ball, he wanted to be the ace. That was his attitude. But then everything got sidetracked with injuries. He had three starts in 19, 2019. He didn't pitch in 20. He was 1-0 in 2021. And last year, we saw glimpses again, but then he was also had to go on the shelf. He was 7-3 and three with 19 starts. You know what a key for the Yankees this season has to be? To me, you heard what I said in 17 and 18, he had 31 and 32 starts. I got to see 30 starts. I got to see 30 starts. If I got to settle for 25, I'll settle for 25, but I don't. I need 30 starts. I need to know that he's a guy we can count on. Because if you can count on him behind uh, Cole and Rodon, then we got something cooking. Then you got something to be excited about. But if Severino can't be the guy to... to, that can be counted on and with Montas now gone pretty much for the season you know when I say gone I'm not saying forever but who the hell knows you need Severino 
not if, ends, or buts, or maybes. You need Severino, and you need Louie to be Louie, the guy that we got to see in 17 and 18. All right. Aaron Judge. I can't tell you how many people have asked me, when I go on my runs in the morning, people stop me and ask me, you know, because you know, I'm always running into Yankees and Mets fans. People, Russ, what, what, what do you think Judge is going to do this year? What do you think Judge is going to do this year? And I go, what do you think Judge is going to do this year? And they go, well, I don't, I don't know. I says, well, I'll tell you what he's not going to do. And I'm not putting a jinx on him or anything. He's not giving you 62 bombs again. That he's not going to do. Is he going to give you 52? I wouldn't bet on that. I'll tell you right now, folks. Right now, as I sit here and talk to you, I would sign up for 42 home runs from Aaron Judge right now. Right this very minute. Last year was a spectacular record-breaking season. You can't expect that. You cannot expect that. And to expect that would be unfair. I want Aaron Judge to come out. I want Aaron Judge to come out and be Aaron Judge. He's the new captain of the Yankees. With the $360 million contract in his back pocket, just be the captain of the Yankees, go out, have that high batting average, over 300 as you did last season, that's what I want to see. I don't need to see him swinging for the fences every time. Like I said, I don't want feast or famine hitters. I want power hitters. And I'll tell you another thing I don't want. I don't want him batting lead off a second. I want him three. That's where I want him. I want him getting up with men on base. You put him up with men on base... And the right guys in front of him, plenty of runs batted in. That's what I want to see. But, folks, I'm, I'm telling you this right now. If you expect 62 home runs, even if, if you're waiting on 52, you're doing a disservice to Aaron Judge. It's not fair. And it's unrealistic. And most of all, we need to see him stay healthy. And speaking of health, brings us to Giancarlo Stanton. You know, Stan had 31 bombs and 78 home runs last season in 110 games. 452 at-bats, 110 games. How about, I mean, think about it. He missed 52 games. We need these guys healthy. It's also protection for Aaron Judge. We need people to be healthy. We need Stan. You know, it's it's a pull this. If it's it's a calf, it's 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 a hammy. It's an oblique. It's a bit of beep, but a bop, but a boop. I pulled the muscle in my nose. I mean, I'm not saying he's faking it, but you're getting paid a lot of money. Guy's got to be out there. Guy's got to be out there. Again, I'm not trying to be cruel, but that's what I, I need to see. That I'm not saying you got to play 100. And, I'm not saying you got to play 162 games. I'm not saying you got to play 152 games. 
Give me 142. Give me 135, but don't give me 110 because that sucks. We can talk about this forever and ever, but health always becomes an issue. But this particular issue is important. You know, as far as other people, what's going to happen with, with, with Donaldson and Hicks and this and that, I'm not going to get into that today. I, I want to let and see what happens, how that pans out. But as I mentioned, if I'm seeing Anthony Volpe, I'm going to go back because that is my number one concern. If I'm going to see Anthony Volpe and Oswald Peraza giving me the goods in spring training, then it opens up a lot of things for the Yankees to do as far as maneuvering and trading. So for that, I want to wait and see what happens. All right. Now let's get to their rivals, or city rivals, I should say, the, um, the New York Mets. You know, everybody talks about Steve Cohn, owner Steve Cohn being the richest owner in Major League Baseball. Not that anybody's a pauper who owns a team, but uh, Steve Cohn, he of 16 or $17 billion, whatever the hell it is. You know what the best deal that Cohn made this offseason, as far as I was concerned? The best deal Cohn made this offseason was by not, I repeat, by not signing Carlos Correa. For that mega contract, they couldn't get along. You know, with then with the his medical, they didn't like what they saw. Just like the Giants didn't like what they had gotten to see, so they didn't need him. Now, don't get me wrong; they could could have used another bat, but they didn't need him to put that huge amount of money on the payroll. I don't care how much Steve Cohen has or is worth. But they got guys. They got Eduardo Escobar, who, listen, Eduardo Escobar is not Carlos Correa. But he's a very good player. They also have Brett Beatty, Batty, whatever you want to call him, who got a cup of coffee last year and, and uh, had a first, uh, hit a home run, I think, in his first at bat. Uh, then he got a thumb injury, and that, that was that. But let me tell you something. He's regarded as one of the top prospects in Major League Baseball, third baseman. Well, if you would have signed Correa because you have Francisco Lindor, what would you done with Beatty? Just cast him off or trade him? Why? Especially if, if Beatty shows that he's got the goods, think about how much money you're saving by having him playing. So to me, that was the best deal that they didn't make. That was the best deal that they made by not making it, was signing Carlos Correa. I I think their third base situation is going to be just fine between Escobar and Beatty. Now another highly, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, this Francisco uh, uh, Alvarez at, at, at catcher. You know, all the talk is amazing power, just like like phenom power, you know, very super impressive. The question is about his receiving. And I, the reason I, I use the term receiving, I remember, I'm going to go back to the Yankees for a second. I remember when the Yankees 
acquire Joe Girardi. And people were upset because, you know, what was happening to uh, Mike Stanley. And Mike Stanley, they said, was a catcher. But Joe Girardi was a receiver. And I remember Don Zimmer saying, yeah, Joe Girardi was a receiver. Well, the Mets need to find out if Francisco Alvarez is indeed a receiver. Because I don't think there's any doubt that he's going to be a slugger, but is he going to be a receiver? So you got that situation with the Mets. All right, now you go to their pitching. And when you got a staff with the likes of Verlander, Scherzer, Zenga, Quintana, and Carrasco, veteran pitchers like that, you you need to make sure the guy behind the plate is indeed a receiver, not just a catcher. Now you're talking about, the, the, listen, this Met staff is very impressive. Justin Verlander, though, he's 40. Max Scherz is 38. Kode Azenga, they got from Japan, is 30. Jose Quintana is 34. Carlos Carrasca is 36. You know, to say long in a tooth, I'm not trying to insult anybody, but that's the deal. And here's where I get a little nervous. We know what kind of bulldog uh, Max Scherzer is. He wants the ball, He wants, and he fights like hell when he's on the mound. Even when he doesn't have it, he fights like hell. But remember what happened at the end of last season? No good. With money on the table in two crucial games, for lack of a better term, Scherzer didn't show up. Maybe that's not fair to say, because I'm just saying he's a bulldog. He didn't show up with his good stuff. Now, if you remember, they had the late season big, big head-to-head meeting with the Braves. It really was going to decide who was going to finish first and who was going to finish second, end up in a wild card. In that game that he pitched, against the Braves, he went five-plus innings, 5.2 innings to be exact, gave up nine hits, four runs, two bombs. So they end up being a wild card, the Mets do. And then he goes and faces the the, uh, Padres. He goes 4.2 innings. He gives up seven hits. He gives up seven runs. Four home runs. So in two crucial games, he goes 9.4 innings, gave up 11 runs, six home runs, 16 hits. Now, why is this an issue? Because if you remember the year before when he was with the Dodgers, he pulled himself out of the rotation with what he described as a dead arm. Now, maybe all the innings pitched and all the years had taken its toll. But hey, you're making 43 million simoleons a year. I need you in postseason. 
Again, these the goal for these Mets aren't just to make the postseason. They're primed to win it. They made the postseason last year. You need the guys showing up. That becomes my concern. And when you have, listen, people would kill to have this staff. But when you have this staff, there's age in this staff. Now, they, they have some young guys who could step in, Peterson, uh, McGill. But, you know, we're talking about Justin Verlander and Scherzer, two guys making 43 million Samoans each this coming season. You need to take care of business. So that worries me about the Mets. Having said that, and again, this is just my first uh, podcast talking about baseball uh, in spring training. So we'll get into it more as as the postseason, uh, as you know, spring training, and, and we get into the regular season. But for now, th- those are my major issues that I have with both the Mets and the Yankees. Now I do have a few other issues as well uh, regarding baseball overall. WBC. You can take the WBC and stick it. I want no part of it. I want no part of it. You got, for the Mets, playing in the World Baseball Classic is Pete Alonso, Adam Adovino, Jeff McNeil, Francisco Lindor, Edwin, Edwin Diaz. For the Yankees, it's Kyle Higashioka, Gleba Torres, and Jonathan Loisaga. All right? Every one of those names are not maybe important, key guys. Key guys. For the Yankees, Higashioka's your catcher, Torres. Right now, I mean, right now he's your second baseman and maybe he's an important piece of trade material. Uh, Loisaga in the bullpen. And for the Mets, do I need to tell you how important? How about those names? Alonzo, Jeff McNeil, Adovino, Francisco Lindor, Edwin Diaz. You know why I don't like the, the World Baseball Classic? Suppose something happens to any one of those guys, a serious injury. And let me tell you something, folks. I've said this in the past. When somebody has a serious injury, a, a, a player gets hurt in one of these affairs, then you're going to see all hell breaking loose, all, he, all headlines and everybody coming on. i got to end this. got to end this. Can't, it's stupid. And to me, if I'm an owner, I don't want any of my players playing in this. And am I being selfish? You're damn right. I'm paying somebody millions of dollars. I'm investing in them, in in my team. I don't want them playing. And I think it's ridiculous that, I listen, I don't know what the deal is between Major League Baseball and the Players Association and how it works out. I understand you want to uh, spread the wealth, spread the game, get the good word out there. I'm sorry. I don't want to insult any countries. I don't want to insult anybody, including my own U.S. of A. But you know what? I don't need this. I don't need one of my guys getting hurt. And then the other issue that I have, did you read that Manny Machado? He has a 10-year contract, $300 million, whatever the hell it is with the Padres. But, but now he says he's going to opt out after the five years. So already the talk is, you know, like with Machado and Otani, let's say, but the talk is Machado. And you've heard me say this before. Opt out? You want to opt out? You 
players want million, multi-million dollar contracts and they also want to opt out. To me, the only way you opt out with a player, and, and I don't care if Players Association can call it collusion or not, forget about it. You want to opt out? Then I'm going to have the ability to opt out too. You, you want me to give you an opt out? I'm going to pay you $300 million, be it any player, player XYZ. You want 300, you want $400 million? I'll give you the $400 million for 10 years. Opt out after five, but I want an opt out after five. Because if I see you're not producing what I expected you to produce, I want to say goodbye. Baseball needs some fixing up to do. It really needs some fixing up to do. But having said that, I'm just thrilled to be talking to baseball once again. I'm just absolutely thrilled about it. And as I said, now being part of YES and the YES Network and the YES app, I'm going to be talking a lot about Yankee baseball and baseball in general. It just fires me up. So that, uh, folks, uh, really is a wrap on today's Get a Load of This. Now I'd like to get a load of you. As always, let me know your thoughts on today's podcast. You can do so on Twitter. You can do it on Facebook. You can always check out my website at russsalsberg.com. Got to thank my home here at believe.com. Uh, believe is, of course, the number one podcast network for professionals. But above all, got to thank you, the people out there, because without you, the people out there, I'd have nobody here to be talking to. And as I just said, I'm so thrilled to be part of the Yes Network and the Yes app. So please, if you haven't done so already, please do so now and tell your friends and family members to do the same. Download the Yes app so you too can watch me on my video podcast each and every week on the Yes app saying, get a load of this. Until next time, though, right now it is Ira Salzberg saying to each and every one of you, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.